I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good afternoon, Anwar and Discast fans. How's it going, Anwar? Hello, hello, Fairlith. Things are going well. How are you? I'm great. I'm Good. so excited to talk about everything today. Yes, I have... yes. You are very excited today. Yeah, but not just about the news. We also watched uh, Saludos Amigos, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of... I I loved it. I, You know what? I did too. And you know what? Yeah. We'll get into it later, and I think... Yeah, and I think I'll have a very particular... <laughs> I'll have a very specific view of it, consider like because of my Latin American background. So totally, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. I I think <laughs> I think people should on it much more than they than they should. But it's honestly, I think it's adorable and it's great and it's cute and it's well meaning and it's very very wholesome and and well hearted. Anyway, but first, so we are going to talk. So we're going to talk. Uh, uh, oh. We're going to start off with some Disney news <laughs> because Fairleth is literally like about to explode. And if we don't talk I about am. this, I feel like they're just going to explode. Um, I've been, I've been <laughs> ready to explode for like 48 hours or 20. I don't even know how long I've known about this, but I've held on to it. I didn't even tell my fiance. I just wanted to talk to you about it. This is very, very funny. Uh, and then <laughs> afterwards, then we're going to do a nice, cute little introduction into this next era. I know we talked about it last week, but uh, I just want to do like a nice proper intro into the next series of films, into the next series that we're going to do, which is, of course, the wartime era and, uh, and also some little uh, uh little bits in between that as well that we're also going to throw in there so first uh i i i give you the reins fairleth to go <laughs> ahead and start uh talking okay. about this big piece of disney news okay well first of all you know all you know some backstory i don't so uh please uh throw that in but um, basically, yes. uh, Disneyland in Anaheim has uh, introduced a new project. It's called Disneyland Forward. Um, the You can find more information at DisneylandForward.com. Um, and if you want to see what I'm talking about specifically today, go to Project and Possibilities. Okay, so... I'll post the link um, in, the, uh, in the show notes and stuff. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Disneyland has, <laughs> for a long time, owned more land than is in the footprint of California Adventure and Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And they've recently been buying more stuff. And um, at least on Reddit, I was sort of eyeballing people in the last few months being like, well, what are they doing? And everyone was like, nothing. They're not going to do anything. They're just protecting their land. They're not going to do anything. Well, the Disney fans shouldn't be so cynical because um, Disneyland has proposed to the city of Anaheim um, with a public website, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, um, two expansions to uh, both Disney parks. They're not going to make a third gate park. This is not about making a a total third gate. Um, What they are building is the equivalent of a theme park almost as big as Disney's California Adventure or Disneyland. But instead of making a third park, they're dividing it in half and building walkways from California Adventure and from Disneyland. Um, And it'll just be new lands. So basically, they're going to expand the theme parks. Um, Before I get into what they're doing artistically, I want to both say that, like, this is positive, but they will charge more money. They're just gonna. Um, Ticket prices have gone up every year for ages. So get ready for that. Um, But also, this might not come to fruition in the way that we want. So uh, this this is straight up at this point, a proposal to the city of Anaheim. And why that's... um why I feel hopeful about it is because the city has really struggled. Uh, During COVID, they've found out how many citizens work for Disney. Um, They found out what an economic uh, hit they take during a global pandemic. And um, yeah, because admittedly, like there's not much else to do in Anaheim. Like there's that there's like Knott's Berry Farm, maybe. Yeah. Is Knott's Berry Farm in Anaheim proper? Uh, I know it's close. I know it's yeah. on the way between LA and Anaheim. Same with, uh, uh, their Universal. Six Flags. Yeah, yeah, Six Flags. And then Universal is, like, farther away as far as I remember. No, Universal is in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, oh, yes. so, yeah, so, like, what you're saying is completely true. Anaheim doesn't have a lot going on. 
um, that would bring any tourism to it. I'm not saying Anaheim's not lovely. I love it and I love the smell um, <laughs> of Anaheim. But uh, yeah, so I feel really promising at least that part of this will come to fruition, even if it's a downtown Disney expansion, even if it becomes just like, hey, Disney Springs West. I don't care. I don't care. That'll but, still be okay. really, really nice. Right? It'll still be really nice. But right now, what they're saying is massive park expansions. People are saying online they could break ground as soon as 2025 if the local government is like, yeah, okay, we give up. We bow down. Disney can do whatever they want, which is what they're trying to pressure them to do. All of the... um. The, the the speak in in used in the marketing speak used in this website is very like Anaheim. We know we're, we know you're suffering. Let us make it better, which is uh, <laughs> well. I mean, like, when, when, <laughs> are they wrong though? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, um, so that's capitalism for you. That's capitalism. But um, so what they're proposing is um, a Tokyo style expansion. What uh-huh. Disney is saying is in order to bring some of the amazing new tech that are that is being employed uh, by parks across the water, they would either need to be getting rid of old classic attractions that could be referred like, you know, we could lose Mr. Toad and people might be chill, but I'd like to keep it. I would, too. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Mr. To Toad's Wa- Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was like. Uh, is an opening day attraction. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Well, awesome. <laughs> um, but like, there's so many attractions like that. That like, some people might want to lose, but I think are historically important. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what are you going to do? Eventually, take out Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh hell no! no. You're not. Oh god! <laughs> right? They wouldn't. So dare. um, exactly. So I think this could be really positive. It just depends on how Anaheim reacts to it because they're saying like. We have a Tron light cycle coaster in Florida that they're building. We have it. It's present in uh, Tokyo Disney. But, or is it? Is it in Shanghai? Now I'm going to have to quickly check. I think it's Shanghai. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, and, Tron and, light uh, cycle power run. And Disney World oh, just... Oh, Shanghai. Yeah, and Disney World recently just... Uh, uh, I think it just opened their Ratatouille ride. Oh, did they open it? That's wonderful. Uh, I for think Epcot, it's open. Right? Yeah, for Epcot. I think it's open. Last I know I heard it, it was I know definitely it was, finished. Yeah, at the very least, I know it's like super close to completion. But it'll definitely be open for the 50th. I know awesome. that. Yeah, I cannot wait to ride that ride. I cannot I, yeah. wait. I've seen, so like, I've seen ride-throughs of it in Disneyland yeah. Paris, and it is so fun, and it is so, so pretty. Fun. So and, cool. Yeah. The whole Ratatouille like land in France is so gorgeous. I'm really hoping they bring I want to see that rat fountain in person. <laughs> um so yes, as as you said, uh Tron Light Cycle is in Shanghai, but they're saying like there's no way to bring that to Disneyland unless you let us expand. Um and the yeah. same with the new Fantasyland expansion. So Tokyo Disneyland is building um Neverland, Arendelle, and um a little like Rapunzel the Kingdom family. of Corona. Yes. Yes, which is hilarious still. But um, so <laughs> there are many lands. But I, I, I'm, I'm in Disneyland for the ambiance. I love immersive anything. So just the the thought, the thought of being able to walk through Arendelle and see the the castle and mountains and yeah. ice and everything, to see Rapunzel's tower in a more significant way than in the bathroom area of Fantasyland, to for Skull Rock to come back to yeah. Disneyland. Because Skull Rock hasn't been in Disneyland for ages. It, it yeah. It's in um, Disneyland Paris. But, like, I love Skull Rock. Like, I just, I'm so overwhelmed by the extreme. Because everything in Disneyland is art, right? It's all just, like, sculpted art that you walk through. And just the chance. Because, like, I'm not ever going to be able to go to Florida and, and Paris. and any Except on very special trips. But I can drive to Disneyland every time I, I save up a little money so that they're actually expanding the original parks in any significant way. Mm-hmm. It just, I've, I've, this is the best news I've gotten all pandemic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great news. Cause like, I'm looking at like, I don't know if this is like the concept art or whatever it is, but it's like yes. on the website, <clears throat> uh, on the website, they have, uh, what looks like concept art of it and mm-hmm. it looks fucking beautiful i mean Magical. Like, like it looks ugh. amazing and it is really nice for the just the idea that paradise pier which is uh right there is a little more central because yeah. uh, when i when i was there like two years ago um my partner and i stayed at the paradise pier hotel 
which is the cheapest of the three on-site hotels. I like the theming best at Paradise Pier. It's very cute. Um, it's it's all yeah. piratey, right? It's very it's yeah. very fun. Um, I like beach stuff. Yeah, it's all piratey and beachy, and uh, yeah, it was it was cute. And like, <clears throat> admittedly, we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the hotel because yeah, why? <laughs> uh, pool. Uh, whatever. I'm. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a big ho- even in like in general I'm not a big hotel person like anytime That's I've ever fair. traveled I've only really used a hotel as like a place to keep my shit and to take a nap. Legit. Uh, I have yeah. shin splints from tap dancing too hard in college so I have uh, to have a nap on yeah. big walking trips so it's 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 a thing I really consider. Anyway, yeah. continue. Uh but yeah, so Paradise Pier is like you're like 10 minute walk away from downtown Disney and like a 15 maybe at most 20 minutes if you're, you know, pace is slow from yeah. the gates right i mean that's not bad it's but not at the end of the day it's you just got sore feet yeah and uh and so it's nice to kind of see paradise pier be a little more involved and yeah. a little more or just kind of closer to the action considering that it looks like they're going to be expanding this thing around well, paradise like, pier that's the question is this suddenly a hotel miracosta situation like at tokyo disney sea where mm. the hotel is right in the park one like that's awesome two it will of course increase uh well, the yeah, price it'll, it'll increase there, the price yeah 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 that's like, true how cool to have a park or a hotel that's in a park at disneyland resort like i didn't think we'd ever get that mm-hmm. god yeah god. And, and even just looking at it, it look it looks really it's because you said that it's not going to be like a gated thing, so I think that yeah. might, I think that'll help as well, and I think it'll just kind of feel like a really giant expansion of downtown Disney. Weirdly enough, yeah, yeah, which well, I'm, which I'm, which well. I'm into. Me I'm too. Into. Like, if it's a combination of like what Disney Springs is, and I've never been to Disney Springs. Have you? No, no, because that's well, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if you had. Anyway, no, not yet. Because <laughs> um, what what I hear is that downtown Disney is like mini Disney Springs, like less cool Disney Springs. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm hoping they bring the magic of Disney Springs into this expansion and then also have mini land expansions, even if they can't do as much as it is in the comp- concept art. Because like I see me- mountain ranges. I see yeah. a crazy volcano. <laughs> I see many uh rivers <laughs> yeah 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 so, like maybe we'll still get like a toy story land and a slinky dog dash i don't know i'd love to ride slinky dog dash i'm just so happy <laughs> it looks really really good it looks really nice and yeah mm-hmm. just yeah just more expansion and and i think it's a great it, it is a great chance for them to because we were talking last week about how uh we love the idea of the imagineers being able to do more and take more chances with things yeah right rather than just stick with the current ip right yeah stick with the current ip make it as cheap as possible yeah and so like yeah maybe this will be a good chance for them to while still using ip but able to take a little like more freedom and and uh take more chances with things yeah because like that's kind of what they did with uh not just with the ratatouille ride but also with um uh mickey minnie's runaway railway Right, like yes. they took an IP. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like they, the Imagineers took an IP that they had, and they and they built a, a brand new experience, and they did something new, and it became what it is. It, it took off. It worked. It succeeded in in becoming, you know, a great attraction. So, it I it is possible to find the balance. Yeah, which oh, is I nice. agree with you. Yeah, so it'll be good to see um, what happens here. Now, uh, yeah. Now here's the other side of this because i found this article so after revealing these new plans apparently some of the uh stocks have kind of gone in the other direction apparently uh uh, i'm looking at this article on investors.com wow uh yeah and uh so apparently park uh, parks revenue have sank 53 percent in the first quarter, this is all just impact, I expect, of the pandemic and that sort of thing. Um, but it it looks like after the reveal of this new expansion, some of the stocks have actually fallen. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that necessarily means. I'm not super, I, I'm not very familiar with how all that works. Um, do I think Disney is going to be over, super affected by it? Probably not, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> so... But it's interesting to kind of see how an announcement like this, which is meant to 
it's meant to, I guess, excite people and it's meant to be like, hey, you know, we still have our fingers on the pulse. We know that you got we know that you as fans want more. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is our chance to do that. While at the same time, from a business from a business perspective, being like, oh, apparently that's not what they want, question mark. <laughs> so it's weird. I don't know. Business people are it's weird. It's it's funny. I always think it's really funny because like, and I'm not saying Walt was any kind of like person to put on a pedestal, but it's funny that someone who started as an animator and entertainer um, has been taken over by people who don't have an uh, an arts background. No, so it's like and that's people, interesting. Yeah, the people running Disney now are are executives who then direct artists. And um, same with Disneyland and Imagineering. And it's been that way for a very long time. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that maybe with the with the changing of the guard that's happening right now and uh, the, the new head of Disney Parks, whose name I always forget, which is why I think this might be the, the truth. It, like, <laughs> he needs to prove himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. um, uh, oh. What is his name? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the one, um. Not Bob Iger. Oh, no, Bob Iger. Oh, uh, wasn't it Bob Chapek was the last one? Was Bob Chapek the last one? Who's Bob? Which one was Bob Iger? The one before that. Oh, the one in the 80s, the one that started California Adventure. No, that was Michael Eisner. Oh. God, oh, there's boy. Too many of these, there's too many of these old white men. <laughs> too many. They all, I don't. They're, too many, oh. too many old white men. I agree with you. <laughs> Let's try and figure this out for like I'll try and figure this out for next week, but like <laughs> anyway. But there was a time there was a time when it was doing actually pretty okay. And yeah. and I think that was in I think that was just recently like the guy who just left uh Michael Eisner. I think Eisner. that was Bob Chabeck. Well, Bob he Chabeck? he left ages ago. Yeah, Michael Eisner's was long disgraced, but he invented California mm. Adventure and the problem was that people didn't like they thought the theming it was like sterile. Well, it was terrible. And blank. I mean, like yeah. early, like early reviews of it, and like just superstar limo. What they were <laughs> superstar limo, like what they were trying to do with California Adventure, just did not work. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I still don't even really know what the hell his idea was with that, but it was just not. It was not good. Well, what I think is weird is like Disneyland was a response to sort of boardwalk carnivals. Yeah. Like, well, and it was, so it, yeah. it weird. <laughs> Yeah, Good it choice. was basically Walt was like, I want to make a theme park, but I want it to be pretty like like all these other ones. And everyone's like, you can't do that. And he's like, watch me. And then he fucking did yeah. it. And it was great. And then, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But then like California Adventure is nostalgic for the very things that Disneyland was supposed to op like answer for, um, which I don't think is necessarily like wrong. I just think it's a it's a weird choice. Weird choice. I, I love piers and boardwalks and stuff like that. I, yeah, I don't have any problem. But I think really putting more whimsy into it was the right choice. Like people say. Absolutely. You, you know, like they don't like the Incredicoaster overlay and stuff. And I'm just I like. I love the, the Incredicoaster. Me too. California Screamin' had a great soundtrack, but it's just a roller coaster. It didn't yeah. have cookie smell in it. <laughs> like, oh my I God. understand. Like, I understand people huge, being resistant to change. Yeah, no, but, I, I do. Did you I, have yeah. one? Oh yeah, no, they're like literally oh. outside outside of the, like, before you go in to go into the lineup, there's a little uh, cookie stand, and like the smell is emanating from it. It is such oh a strong God. smell, but like the cookies, the cookies, they're they're, they're literally called like they sell them as cookie num nums, which is oh hilarious God. to me. They're That's like so cute. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the price. I think they're like four or five dollars. I'm sure they're like the size of my hand. Oh my god! They are okay, so big. I, this is a podcast, so let me say that Anwar has really big hands. They're big cookies. They're so <laughs> they're such. Big Anwar's cookies. hands are the size of a big cookie. Yes, that that is that is a that is a very good comparison. But yeah, like they're they're big fucking chocolate chip cookies, and they smell so wait. good, and they're warm, and they are con they constantly feel like they're fresh out of the oven. That oh, like I love just that. oh, they're so they're oh. worth it. Like just just for like That's a delicious thing, snack. Right? They're I'm so here good. for whimsy. Like just a roller coaster that seems like a roller coaster is fine, but like I I don't I could go to Six Flags. So yeah. I I don't know. I I really am into whimsifying California Adventure even more yeah. until it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and Pixar oh, Pier is just really really nice. Pixar Pier is nice, yeah. and it's more colorful than Paradise Pier was. And I know people yeah. like miss the orange peel and stuff, but I love color, and I I love. 
I, I love that Mickey's head is on the wheel instead of this freaking sun now. I just, I love it. Yeah, because the, the Mickey great. face is reminiscent of the classic Mickey cartoons. Like, it looks yeah. like it. It's beautiful. It's stunning. Yeah, and I like, there's the, it. um, there's the Lamplight Lounge, which is like the, <gasps> yeah. the main restaurant there. Like, when you go down the stairs, like, the walls are covered with concept art from Pixar films. That's gorgeous. I like, love that. You you can you can sit there and just look around and it's just concept art from different films. And like kind of each section of the wall is themed to a different movie. It's so beautiful. great. It's so great. I love It's like for me it's like if something at Disneyland isn't going to be themed like just whimsical fantasy hit you in the face, I'd like to see like sketches and art and I want it to be art themed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, cuz like, like concept yeah. art is really cool to see cuz like I mean I like I know for me, I'm I'm a, I'm a lover of like seeing how that stuff progresses like being like oh that's yeah. what he was original that's what that character was supposed to originally look like and then that's where they ended right and yeah. so it's for me it's really cool to see that kind of stuff that's, i love that. oh me yeah. too all the tangled concept art i keep mm. meaning to get prints of it for my home like um there's that famous famous painting of the sort of frothy girl in a pink dr- frothy dress on a swing mm. and so tangled's first concept art was like rapunzel on this swing in a frothy dress and it's just like my favorite piece of art of like all time and yeah I, i'm just with you any kind of yeah. concept art anything like that so yeah. yeah um this seems more in line with the part of theme parks that i i love and i i can't speak for you but i think for you as well just like this will bring us so much joy. I'm into it. So uh, some quick last little bits of Disney news uh, that I found. Um, just little like things that happened within the last week. Hit me. Uh, Anna, Animal Kingdom is doing a little celebration uh, for Earth Month, which I think is kind of cute because, of course, they have like oh, the, fun. Big, they have the big world tree. Um, the tree of <laughs> the, life. The tree of life, sorry. The world tree. Yeah, no. That's interesting. <laughs> that's an entirely different thing. Uh <laughs> They've revealed designs for the first ever Walt Disney World Resort license plate. What? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So they're gonna. Oh they're, yeah. yeah. For the fiftieth anniversary, but the cool thing is that a hundred percent of the proceeds are benefiting Make a Wish. Oh nice. Yeah. So it's Good. like a, it's like a great big fundraiser for the fiftieth anniversary, which I think is really really great. I think Fantastic. that's cool. Yeah. Honestly, if I lived in Florida, I would grab up a Disney Castle. Uh, license plate for sure 100 percent. like they're really like the, there's a picture of it like on uh on the uh disney parks blog site and it's really pretty it's like the 50th anniversary yes yeah, the 50th anniversary uh castle silhouette with the 50 in it and then you and then you put your letters right next to it so it looks mm-hmm. really really nice um the rainbow uh the rainbow connection uh the infamous song by uh from the muppet movie Written by Paul Williams, a famous 70s singer-songwriter. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is being honored by the National Recording Registry of the the Library of Congress. No way. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a beautiful song. I love that song. Uh, They're doing a bunch of stuff for uh, International uh, Women's Month. So, like, uh, celebrating some of the women that work in Disney World and uh, work kind of behind the scenes, which is really, really nice. Uh, Yeah, they're doing a whole thing of, like, uh, meet the women behind the magic, uh, leading and protecting Walt Disney World theme parks. Awesome. So yeah, so it's uh, that's really nice. And then of course the big uh, the big um, uh, the big announcement of uh, Disney Forward. So so exciting! Yeah. Oh my god, a so lot stuff, is happening. Yeah, stuff is happening, man. Like yeah. there's stuff going stuff down. This also gives me hope that someday, Van- the Vancouver area might get a Disney park. Nah, <laughs> I mean uh, I know. We, I know we don't have the space. Well, I mean, as much as I would they love could for buy that to happen, the PNE, they could buy it. <laughs> it's way too small. Are you kidding me? That area, that area is way know. too small. They could do stuff underground. Don't take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> In like thirty years, they might do it. <laughs> okay, you can you 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 go ahead and have that dream there. I'll like. be the skipper on the indoor climate controlled jungle cruise. <laughs> No, the under the underground one, yes. The underground jungle cruise. That's it's great. my dream. All right, I'm ready. All right, so uh, here we go. All right. I just had spilled tea a little bit on myself. That's okay. Oh. Uh, so we are getting into the next major series of films, which is the wartime era. Mm-hmm. So, little bit of info as to why this era even exists for those yeah. of you who don't know. So, after the war started. 
President Roosevelt reached out to Walt and the Disney company and was basically like, okay, you and actually, and consequently a bunch of other studios uh, like Warner Brothers and all them were commissioned and hired to produce uh, propaganda films. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these propaganda films uh, people have, you know, they've been within the zeitgeist that, you know, people like people always bring up uh, that image of Donald wearing the Nazi swastika on his arm. And everybody brings it up with zero context and they don't realize that it's actually part of a propaganda film and they don't understand that it's actually a dream sequence. It's so crazy to me because it's like if if Walt Disney was such a Nazi that he's going around drawing Walt uh, Donald with swastikas all over him, I think like it would be confirmed and he'd be canceled. Yeah. But uh, so uh, we're. What we're going to do is during in the wartime, uh, while we're talking about the wartime era, we are actually going to talk about each of these five short films that they produced. Uh, Dear Fur's Face, which is the cartoon that Donald Duck is that that's that that clip is from. Uh, Education for Death, uh, <laughs> which is uh, actually not even the full title. Uh, the full title. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. It's just I know, wow. I know. It, the the full title is Education for Death: The Making of a, uh, the Making of the Nazi. Good uh, God! Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Reason and Emotion uh, is after that, and then the New Spirit, uh, and then uh, Commando Duck. So a few. Uh, the majority <laughs> of these uh, have Donald as the main character in them, uh, or you know, you know what I mean. Uh, and so, yes. So starting next week, before we talk about the main film that we're going to talk about for the wartime era, we'll discuss these. Uh, we'll discuss each of these. There's five of them, as I said. Excuse me. Uh, and yeah, so we'll talk about those. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about this movie, which I really enjoyed, uh, which is called Saludos Amigos, which uh, translated means uh, hello, friends. So uh, along with the propaganda films that the Disney company was asked to make, uh, the president actually also sent Walt and a group of his, and a team of his, of animators and them to South America on a, uh, on a goodwill tour as yeah. a way to try and pull South America onto the side of the allies. Because of course, South America at that time hadn't, uh, quote unquote, decided which side of the war they were going to be on. So, they head down to so they head down to South America, do a little tour of the various countries there: Argentina, Chile. Uh, I think they uh, I can't remember where else they go. Uh, I think they go to like Colombia, but they they basically go around. They and go around, yeah. They go I around. I mean, each place is it, each short is in a different place. Yes, and so they go around to various areas of South America, and uh, and just learn. They just go down there and they learn about the various places and learn the cultures of these places. Uh, now this first film, uh, so oh, here's a list. I have a list of the places. Oh, Ready? yes, please. Okay. First one is Lake Titicaca. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one is Santiago, Chile. Mm-hmm. Third one is Argentina. Fourth one is, uh, it's, uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, so those are the places that are, that are highlighted in this movie specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so saludos amigos, uh, as Fairleth said, uh, highlights those specific areas. Now, uh, those those places are also broken up into individual little uh, kind of sketches. Not even sketches. They're like little cartoon shorts. Yeah, they're like the shorts. <clears throat> yeah. And so uh, a lot of these films within the wartime era are done that way. They're not done as full films because, of course, the, the studio didn't have a lot of money. Like... <laughs> The, the Disney studio was very, very poor at the time. Yeah. And so they weren't able to produce actual full-length films. It's crazy, though, because I think the quality... Like, I read that the quality of the animation in this is lesser, but I, I, it looks really sophisticated to me. Honestly, it just looks like a cartoon short. They just look like yeah. the cartoons that you would just see normally. Like, they don't... Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't think they're any, less, they're any less... They're lower quality. Well, it's like when I see 101 Dalmatians or like the Aristocats, I'm like, oh, I see how you're cutting corners and making mm-hmm. it the style. Yeah. You can't see it here. No, like, not at all. Interesting. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, so I haven't seen this movie specifically. The The one that I'm more familiar with is The Three Caballeros, which we'll talk about next week. But that's probably because Three Caballeros introduces Panchito, which is me- who is Mexican. And of course, I'm Mexican. So that's probably why. But 
but I, after watching this movie, because so many people try and talk about this movie and the Three Caballeros and talk about how they're like incredibly racist and they're super incorrect and they're super wrong and all this other stuff. I have to say, I am fully against all of that. Like, I fully enjoyed these movies. I thought they were very fun. I thought they were very cute. And I thought that they were very sincere. I thought they were just really nice. That's, I agree. I think they are very sincere movies as well. I don't think that means there isn't any harm. And I think, uh, like, I have, I did some research because mm-hmm. as the whitest person ever, mm-hmm. I was having a hard time seeing what was offensive beyond it being oversimplified and old. Yes. Um. So Cause, I, Yeah, because, of course, remember, this is done in early 1940s yeah so you have to take it kind of with the with the with the idea that that's when this film was made and so certain choices will probably be done because that was the time yes um but i had a hard time seeing anything malicious in this movie even to the point of like the character panchito pistoles like i can see how that is like a negative uh, potentially yeah stereotype but like um it just seemed to me like they might have been missing the mark, but we're really trying not to. Yeah. And so, like, uh, so we're going to go through, like, the different or the each individual little segments here just so that we get uh, a better idea. So, uh, oh, shit, I got to pull up my notes first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, there's four different film segments, mm-hmm. and they're called Lake Titicaca, where American tourist Donald Duck re- rides around on a llama and uh, <laughs> tries to make friends with some uh, local people. Yeah. Uh, then we have Pedro, which is about a small airplane that's very similar to the little engine that could mm-hmm. um, meets the three bears, but about an anthropomorphic plane, uh, which is set in Santiago, Chile. And um, then we have El Gaucho Goofy, where um, Goofy is an American cowboy who gets uh, an Argentinian makeover to learn the ways of how they are cowboys there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have Acorela do Brasil, which I hope I pronounced correctly, and I tried to, um, <laughs> which is Portuguese for watercolor of Brazil, which is really lovely. Um, and uh, that's the sequence that introduces Jose Carioca. Carioca? Carioca. Carioca, uh, who's from Rio, and he shows Donald Duck around South America. They um, drink some alcohol, and then there's this beautiful sequence where they're drunk, and the, the illustrations are illustrating themselves, and I'm obsessed. And those are the four cartoons. It's very, very silly and very, very fun. So, yes, we're going to highlight uh, each of these individual segments. So first, as you said, Lake Titicaca. Uh, so first off, that name just makes me giggle it, because yeah. I'm a child. <laughs> me too i didn't want to say uh, yes. anything i found it's, this it's really educational oh yeah like, actually, so this is a very good i didn't yeah, so, i didn't know anything yeah. about lake titicaca at all yeah uh so first off we we of course uh have uh we have the narrator talk about how uh the animators and walt and all them flew from hollywood all the way down to buenos Aires, and apparently it takes three days or took three days to do that Good God. (laughs) There's a fun fact about that. They had to re-record themselves uh, getting on the plane because they didn't know that the home movies that they took were going to be part of the film. So they had to put on their real clothes again that they wore and (laughs) film themselves getting on the plane after they were home. That's very funny. That's very (laughs) funny. Uh, Yeah. And so uh, that when I when the when the narrator said that, I was like, holy shit. But then, of course, I remember, oh, yeah, this is early 1940s. Planes couldn't fly as far or as fast as they can now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I thought was cool about this particular segment was there was a lot of talk about the Inca culture. Yeah. And about how a lot of the people that lived in that area still uh, bring forward a lot of that culture. And they yeah. and so, yeah, and so they used a lot of uh, real footage of these people. Uh, they showcased a lot of that. And then, of course, the animators animated them, you know, as they did. And then you have Donald basically experiencing... Uh, in the silly cartoony way that he does all of the things that they're talking about so like yeah uh so i really enjoyed it because it was like it's a, it was a great way of being like this is what is like to live in this part of, in this part of the world yeah. and then of course you have the silly you know silly slapstick stuff of donald and it's great mm-hmm. because like everything else is taken very sincerely and is taken seriously and then, of course, Donald is the one that fucks everything up. Donald is yeah, the caricature. Exactly. Right? It seems like Do- they're they're making fun of Americans 
their intention is to make a fun of Americans as opposed to the South American Specifically boy. American tourists. American tourists, yeah. But, like, then the narration is like, their music is strange and exotic. And it's like, well, you don't have to quite put it that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, you don't have to put it that way, but, like... <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. But I suppose like, I, it, it's strange and exotic, air quotes, like, in comparison to what, you know an LA local would consider, of course. I guess. You know? yeah. So yeah, so like so some of the some of the wording is not perfect, but the general feel of it I think is very sincere and it's very sweet. Because yeah, I agree. you know, it, it it helps to know that they actually went and experienced this stuff. They mm-hmm. went and they, you know, they met with people. They yeah. celebrated with people. And and they filmed and you see what they're yeah. drawing as well. So mm-hmm. it's like you see, oh, they're really just interpreting exactly what they saw in real life, which is nice. Yeah. And so it's rather than them trying to do it while sitting in their office in Los Angeles kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know that the other, like, I don't know for sure, but I don't, I don't know that every studio took so much effort to really try. Yeah. Yeah, and I think part of that is because, of course, the Walt Disney Company was, you know, the biggest or was one of the bigger ones there. I mean, probably the only co- comparable one was Warner Brothers with, like, Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney for Tunes sure. Cartoons. Um, and yeah, and so, but yeah, like, Titicaca is all about the, all about that area and is a really nice, uh, what's the word? It's like, um, it's not like a documentary, but it's like a you know, it, it it's that idea. It's educational. Yeah. Like, and- I didn't know all that <clears throat> stuff about Lake Chiricaca. And now, like, I want to look it up and learn more. And, like, that's a, 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 a Goodwill short film from 1942 made me want to do that. So, like, good job. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next little uh, sequence is Pedro, who is about a little oh. anthropomorphic. What? what? One sec. I just want to add that I thought the whole motif about llamas being oh, snobs yes. was so funny oh yes that was very i thought that, that was very very funny llamas yeah. are so elegant they make humans feel unimportant i yeah. just thought like epic epic writing <laughs> anyway go yeah. ahead yeah, sorry that, to interrupt that, no that that was very that was very funny because like now that you mention it like yeah it it uh i just remember that and i definitely giggled and i was like oh that's very funny that's very yeah, funny. I loved it. Yeah. Anyway, Pedro. Uh, but yeah so now pedro so the so pedro came about when they were flying from uh, from the area of Lake Titicaca over to Santiago, Chile, and the and they were flying through this very dangerous area of uh, of mountain ranges, and uh, so they took that concept and they and on the plane on the flight they basically put up brought up like the storyboard art for the little plane Pedro, who's like the youngest of these two other uh, big planes that generally fly this treacherous area. So the the purpose of this film is just kind of to, I guess, talk about this area of uh, of mountain ranges and how di- and how difficult it is to fly and uh, a little sending you a picture. Yeah, and so just <clears throat> it's just a cute little cartoon about Pedro, who's a little who wants to prove himself, and uh, yeah, and wants to you know, be as strong of a flyer as his parents and deliver the mail and all this other stuff. It's very, very cute. So nice. And he, his, um, one the mountain that is grumpy and like scary in the movie is Aconcagua. And, uh, I can't say it very well, but Aconcagua. Um, anyway, I've sent you a picture of it. It's a real mountain. It's in Argentina and it looks terrifying. Yeah. Like um, these, like, this stuff is real like this stuff exists yeah. it's so cool it's so cool how much this has inspired me to learn about things but like beautiful mountain mm-hmm. stunning um i i liked the details in this short a lot i liked um he was taught anatomy and the little plane has sees like the skeleton of a plane i liked that the mama plane had high oil pressure and <laughs> a fashionable hat like i just thought it was very modern and clever and cute um yeah this is just yeah just very very cute choices with yeah. it for sure <clears throat> um do you know about the cartoonist that was deeply offended by this short no okay well let me get the information back up here um mm-hmm. so uh people in latin america reacted well to this and americans really reacted well to this movie as well and the the movie as a whole is 
credited with changing some American perception about Latin American people, which is great because they're just people mm-hmm. chilling and living their life. Yep. And um, the Pedro section, however, it's about planes, not people. So um, a Chilean cartoonist named Rene Rios Botiger, I think, I tried to find the right pronunciation, um, he didn't like how... Um, Chile was represented because it was a little plane. And yeah. he was like, well, it's it's maybe a little bit of a cop-out. It shows that they, they didn't really know what to do with Chile, like in his opinion, which is valid. Mm-hmm. Um, so he created a character called Condorito, yep. uh, who went on to become one of the most iconic comic magazine characters in Latin America because he thought he could come up with a really good cartoon to represent his country that was better than a little plane. So that's really cool. Yeah. I'll send you uh, the wiki for Condorito. Yeah. I mean, like, I kind of get what he's where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think I was kind I I I let it slide because like my family, my mom's side of the family is from Santiago. And Mm. I think I kind of let it slide because like they didn't really I don't think they spent as much time in Santiago as they did in Mm. the other areas. And so like with that, I think it's a little more difficult uh because if you don't i feel like if you don't have enough uh context or if you don't have enough information to do it justice uh as opposed mm-hmm. to like what they did with lake titicaca where they spent a good portion of time and they yeah had a good amount of research and they had a good amount of content yeah. then it's like well would you rather have would you rather have them kind of put out whatever they could with little information or would you rather have had them do this which is still a good story which is still a cute little story and it you know yeah. and it tells you a little bit about the area and what people go through yeah I think. in order to like something with to get something as simple as the mail you know yeah so yeah like i i understand where he's coming from but then at the same time i'm like well okay but if the animators you know if they couldn't do the thing justice then i'm i kind of rather they didn't try because then it, I, I think agree. it would have just been worse worse off i agree uh, with you yeah. there and so now we have up next El Gaucho Goofy, which I think is very, very funny. Uh, I love the way you pronounce it so much better than me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, this is just uh, is just a little cute little Goofy cartoon where Goofy, they the premise was that like they pluck Goofy from the old west and they put mm-hmm. him in Argentina to learn the ways of the gaucho and to kind of show how similar these two. Uh, I don't know if cultures is the right word because like a cowboy isn't like a culture, but like uh, how similar these two portrayals can be and how the similar these two portrayals are. Uh, yeah. Right. And so, yeah. And so I, I think they did a really good job of that. And they, I think it was very cool to, I think it was a good idea of them to take the concept of a cowboy and be mm-hmm. like, so we, so we, so we as Americans all know what a cowboy is about. So let's bring that and show you how Argentina has something very similar. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I, I think that's really good. I mean, like for 1942, again, like, hey, we're the same, mm-hmm. which is not a nuanced take on racism. But no. for 1942, it's like, hey, like, cool. I yeah. Think- yeah. It's like we're the same. We just happen to have different names for things and like yeah. different, you know, sometimes different traditions. So like, for example, how uh, the gauchos have the tradition of the asada and like how they all kind of get together and just make food and how and how they make food differently and how there's like that whole little subculture around that right and so i think mm-hmm. i think that was very good it was a good way of them to uh showcase that specific piece of the argentinian culture mm-hmm. while using something that was already well known as a, a kind of as a jumping off point yeah Right, because like, yeah, because like, and like again, it's, it's not appropriate now, but like, like to do to say, oh, we're just the same, uh, as opposed to like, no, we're different, but we should celebrate each other's differences and yeah. learn from each other. But there, you know, that's that is nuance that has emerged. Yeah, and like, I wouldn't even say that this is necessarily even a bad thing today, because I think it's, I still think it's a good idea to have, like, if if you're if you're being exposed to an entirely new culture and you're like still not fully understanding it bringing up something that is that you do understand that is similar and that has parallels i think is a good idea because then it's easier for you to latch onto that other idea 
Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's really valid. Um, I'm, I just honestly, a lot of it is I'm trying to understand why this movie has the giant black disclaimer in front of it. But Dumbo didn't. That is a very interesting point. So it's like for me, I keep trying. I don't want to be rude and offensive. And I'm like, I Googled it and there isn't a lot of information of, of like articles and stuff about people explaining why they think this is racist. But there's a ton of people explaining why Dumbo is racist. And I can tell watching Dumbo. And it's that's a this very one good is point. Just different, you know? I think that I think that's because this film's di- uh, directly uh, speaks about. about- different yeah. cultures like different countries yeah. right and so i think that was from just the their... perspective of a yeah white person. yeah i think that's what okay. it is and so i think that's why they were doing that just as a way to kind of cover their butts kind of thing that makes um, sense um yeah. can i read this little disclaimer for absolutely the... please yeah, do i can, was actually just about to look it up again oh great i got it yeah um okay uh, it says this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now rather than remove this content we want to acknowledge its harmful impact learn from it and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. To learn more about how stories have impacted society, visit Disney.com slash stories matter. Um, I think it's a great disclaimer, but honestly, I wish they would write a specific one for every movie that has the disclaimer. Yeah, I see what you mean. However, I do also recognize why they wouldn't do that. Because yeah, no, would, I mean, I, I get it. it. Would I be, just wish they would. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, it would have to be like every single one. It would just be really And then really they'd difficult. have to not miss anything. It's just, it's a, it's a little bit like, this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or culture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, I see. There's no perfect way to do it. And I no. agree, like, that them doing this and Warner Brothers does the same thing in front of old Looney Tunes stuff is like, I, I would like them to not erase it. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, so there is a little bit of uh, some minor controversy about this specific cartoon only because there were segments in it in which Goofy actually smoked cigarettes yeah. and those were edited out. Uh and the the interesting thing is, is that and here's where the controversy lies, is that while they edited out Goofy smoking in the next cartoon, we'll see that Jose oh. is known for smoking a cigar. Yeah. So the question becomes, why is it better for Jose to smoke a cigar than Goofy to smoke a cigarette? Right. And so it's kind yeah. of like, why is one better than the other? And I'm like, um, no, no. Because, like, they're both yeah. still depictions of smoking. And yeah, I think. That's weird and nuanced. Yeah, it's just very odd. And I think part I of it. Like it, it. And I think part of it is because. Uh, whereas cigarettes uh, are much more within, I guess, the quote unquote zeitgeist of being really bad for your health because you're, you know, you're smoking it, you're inhaling it, you're affecting your lungs and everything. Cigars, while you don't smoke them how the same way you do cigarettes, because, of course, you're not meant to inhale cigars. The yeah. idea is that it doesn't affect your lungs the same way, but there's still links to mouth cancer and issues like that with cigars. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's still not all that much better, per se. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, OK. And I think part of it is also because like perhaps, um, of course, I'm not Brazilian, but I think uh, some of the Brazilian culture does uh, revolve around smoking cigars. And so I think that's perhaps why they kept that. Yeah. You know, I also I would have to go back and watch it again, t- to be honest with you. But if. It's a matter of like you either cut Jose or you cut, you know, like if he's or just this one clip, so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because the goofy like, thing was only just a short. It was just a short clip of it rather yeah. than the entire character. Exactly. And I mean, like maybe they made that decision so they didn't have to cut the whole character. But then it's like, then don't make the decision and just. Ah, yeah. Like, how, yeah. like, what's the best thing to do? I don't know. Yeah, like, cause like, I don't would it really have them. been that big of an issue if Goofy was smoking the cigarette? I'm just like, nah. Anyway, but that's but that's just me. But right? that's uh, yeah. No, I agree. That's a, I, think I think that's more a me thing. No, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I just I don't think there's any perfect. I I don't envy the person who had to figure out oh, how Jesus. to tackle that problem. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um. Okay. The last one. Is, I thought this was gorgeous. Yes. So this one, I re- this one's really, really nice. Uh, Aquarela do Brasil uh, is, I think, is really, really great because they had 
like a big Brazilian team make this cartoon, right? Like the person who wrote the song for it, which is named, which uh, was named uh, Aquarela do Brasil, is Brazilian. Mm-hmm. The person who sang it was Brazilian. Yeah, uh, Ari Barroso. Uh, yeah, and so and like and of course Jose Carioca is also Brazilian. He's uh, modeled after a very famous uh, bird of paradise in Brazil. And the voice actor himself, uh, Jose uh, Oliveira, I'm pretty sure, uh, is Brazilian. And so, like, a big Brazilian team making a cartoon about Brazil. And I think that was really, really a good idea. I agree. Yeah. And so, like, the the sequence is really beautiful. Visually, it's gorgeous because it's all watercolors. And I know how much you love watercolors. I do. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. And, again, we have we have Donald come back because, uh, for some reason, just they decided to go with Donald. Birds <laughs> of a feather flock together. I suppose. Uh, and, yeah. And so they have uh, Jose. What a silly thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and so they have Jose and Donald meet and they become very fast friends. And it's Jose. They drink together. They drink together. Jose is introducing him to a bunch of this Brazilian culture, which is really, really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think was a great idea of having, you know, you have uh, Donald, who's basically the uh, the replacement for us as the audience. He's us. Mm-hmm. He's the audience experiencing all this. And then you have Jose Carioca, who is his guide. Right? Yeah. And so you have a Brazilian introducing us to the Brazilian culture, which, again, I think is a very smart decision. And I think mm-hmm. was, if you really think about it, a very f- uh, forward-thinking decision, especially in the early 1940s, right? And when you're talking about mm-hmm. something as uh, as nuanced as introduction to, a, to an entirely different culture... You know, uh, they could have done this in so many ways. And I think the way that they decided to do it with using this particular, uh, using the character of Jose as the guide and introducing it to us through the eyes of a Brazilian, I think mm-hmm. was a very, very smart decision for them. So I agree. Yeah. Um, I thought it was beautiful. I thought I really loved the part where the paintbrushes were filling in the colors. Yeah. I really loved the animation of the instruments being played. I just, I loved it. I couldn't believe that something so celebratory of a culture so different from North American culture mm-hmm. was made when it was. Yeah. Like, I I thought it was for, for the time, for 1942, awesome. So much yeah. less stressful to watch than Dumbo. I, so much less yeah. stressful. <laughs> I I completely agree. I think it's uh I think it's an incredibly progressive thing for them to do. Like it's they didn't have to do that, but they decided to go the extra mile and do that. And yep. and we'll see and we'll see something similar with that in uh the Three Caballeros when we get to that next week, which I am so I can't wait. I've never seen that one either. I'm so fucking stoked for that. I'm so happy. I've only seen some clips in like the Disney store and stuff. Yeah. Because again, growing up, I didn't have YouTube. I wasn't automatic. Like I wasn't avoiding any of this stuff. It's just a matter of like I came from a poor family and there was no easy way to get access to stuff that. And then the Disney vault happened. So like I'm so eager to watch all of this stuff. I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. And Um, I'm very, I'm just very, very excited. Uh, Okay. So. Now, uh, so when I was doing a little bit of looking up about, because I I had a feeling there was going to be some talk about the controversy of this film, of Saludos Amigos. Mm -hmm. So I decided to look it up, and I did see that there was some kind of praising the film, like as we are, about how, Mm -hmm. about its, uh, while mildly dated depictions of various themes and topics, again, it was done in the early 1940s. You know, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because of how it was done at that time and how other and actually considering how other cultures were depicted at that time, this film, I still think even then is an incredibly well done job. Yeah. If you really think I about agree. It. Uh, however, there was a website. There is there is a website here called uh, that is entirely dedicated to discussing the racial stereotypes in Disney films. So there's like awesome. it's it's definitely but it's definitely like a fan made yeah. uh, website like it looks like it, um, but they so they highlight Dumbo they highlight Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros and they highlight Peter Pan uh, as uh, for these specific depictions. Now that's fair. Now I'm going now I'm going to go through this list and I'm going to okay. talk about it and I'm going to talk about why these are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. I'm going to listen to you. Yes. So. And yep. <laughs> so and and you'll see you'll see you'll see why because like they yeah. I feel like so many of these were just a stretch. So yeah. Uh, in talking about Saludos Amigos, they say uh, in the film, Pedro, the plane, has to overcome big obstacles delivering cargo. The cargo is a bag of mail. It's not like he's transporting medical supplies. Yeah, he's not shipping drugs or no, anything. No, he's like, taking everyone... mail. So, but here's They're... the thing. Uh, here's what here's their their thing about it is uh, in the film, uh, Pedro has to overcome big obstacles delivering cargo, which symbolizes that South America is dangerous. Now, I'm like... No, because have you seen the rest of the movie? Because <laughs> the rest of the movie does not talk about that. Also, they're only talking specifically about this one uh, flight path that uh, that refers to this specific mountain range. That range is dangerous. Which literally is dangerous. The, the, the animators were inspired by flying over the mountain and seeing a plane crashed on it. Yeah. So like, but, yeah. Um... And, and like you can use that argument f- also for like other, you know, other areas of the world like i'm sure it's i'm sure you there are specific areas you can only fly through fly over like in regards to the rocky mountains or yeah you know why do you think the bermuda triangle is so famous right i mean like using <laughs> you know, shipwrecks a, as fanciful an example but like to hide to, to say that this specific cartoon symbolizes that south america is dangerous i think is a huge reach and i think it's just yeah. dumb uh, it's weird yeah. because like when you're writing a story, you cannot, like, your main character has to have massive obstacles to overcome. That is the style, like, that well, is how you time. write a story. That, yeah, like, you can't, I, I don't quite understand Yeah, and if you're, and if you're, at all. if you're a plane and you're flying across, like, an already treacherous uh, mountain range, and then you get hit by a snowstorm. Yeah. It's going to be dangerous, like, yeah, anyway. And he's a kid. Yeah. And their next point is about Goofy. So Goofy is a cowboy, which symbolizes that South America is like the lawless old West. Again, I don't think this person watched the movie <laughs> because that is really weird. Because, like, first of all, the quote unquote lawless old West is a very, very Hollywood idea. Yeah. Right. So that wasn't going on. Yeah. So you already need to have an issue with how they depict the, the old West in Hollywood as a whole. Mm-hmm. Secondly. This isn't comparing Argentina or the the culture of the gaucho really to the cowboy. This is, if anything, comparing the cowboy to the gaucho because they were pulling Goofy from the Old West into uh, into Argentina and being yeah. like, "This is how we as this is how we as American cowboys are similar to the Argentinian gaucho." And then going through that, it's it has no reference to any of that. Yeah, it has no reference. This movie never references South America as being a hard, bad place no, to live. No, no, not at all. Not once. Yeah. And then the next, and then the, this next line is uh, saying, Donald Duck listens to Samba, which symbolizes that Latin America is very sensual. First off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Latin what? America is incredibly <laughs> sensual. We have, like... I'm okay with that. Like, what, but also but like just that the, music exists. But also, yeah, the the music of the samba is is. They didn't make it up. No, is some it, samba is very sensual. It is a sensual music style. But also, so is the tango. The tango is yeah. incredibly is an incredibly sexual dance. Okay, but like if you go to that, so is the waltz. Like, yeah, they, people weren't allowed to waltz for the longest time because it was too slutty. Like, even after it existed, it was it was too risque. Like, every kind of partner dancing is is risque, and then you mm-hmm. you just pump it up. But also, like, I don't know what what would they have preferred? Ignoring <laughs> the music? I exactly. don't understand. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I'm I'm so white. I just I I can't. No, no, no. You're you're totally fine because again, this this (laughs) this little article bit here is like super dumb. That's that's the point that I'm trying to make is that these people Mm -hmm. like this article is trying so hard to demonize this movie, and it's like, and if you just if you were to just watch it, I feel like these opinions would just be very different. I agree. Uh, yeah. And it's also, I think, pick your battles. Like, I will fight about everything that is offensive forever because I want everyone to be happy and comfortable. But also, like, I think the samba is a really pop, like, a positive thing to have in the world. And I want to learn more about it. And I want more people to learn more about it. Yeah. Like, so the, I don't know. the samba is a great, it's a great genre of music. It's very, very fun. Mm. Yeah. And now, of course, there are a couple. Uh, as I said, a couple articles that do praise this mo- this movie, and they go into mm-hmm. actual 
discussions about it because of course the they obviously actually did watch the movie yeah um and yeah and so like there's this article here called uh, forgotten moments in pop culture when disney when disney used animation to help fight fascism uh in this particular article they're specifically talking about uh saludos amigos uh and then there's and then oh yeah there's the article about uh when they cut out the smoking scene for goofy which honestly i'm i'm over it it's fine (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah and so i i really really enjoyed this movie um i think uh as you know as someone with a latin american background to have any sort of latin american uh portrayals and depictions done in the way that they did especially at the time in the early 1940s and the and done in what i see as a positive light is great and i think this movie is cute it's very fun it's only 45 minutes long it's not yeah. it's not very long um but i definitely think it's like if you want to watch something that's cute and uh, is well-natured and good-hearted uh and if you want to learn a little bit about you know south america admittedly like i do the only way that i think that this film is actually dated is because it is 70 years old. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, you, you have 70, that classic Disney shorts narrator and everything too. Like, Yeah. It. Like, yeah. So all in all, I think this movie is very, very fun. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I'm very glad I did. And I think everybody needs to watch this movie, especially, especially if, if people are on the side of thinking that this and the three caballeros are inherently racist movies, because again, like, I agree. Watch it. Just, yeah, watch it, get your Decide. opinion, and then you'll see that in the grand scheme, they're really not, they're really not that bad. Yeah, well, it's yeah. not even that they're not that bad. It's like, uh, watching this, I was like, wow, what an incredible effort yeah. that was made. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I really just appreciate you letting me talk with you and ask questions and stuff and, and research while we're, while we're doing this uh, podcast, because yeah. I'm really interested in getting to the bottom of everything. Yeah. And then next week, we're going to get into the Three Caballeros, which, again, I am so excited for because it's specifically because it, of course, references Mexico itself. And that is where the uh, a lot more of my uh, I'm not going to say expertise because it's not like expertise, but like that's where a lot more of my uh, culture lies, because I've, I find I find that my I lean more to the Mexican side of my family. But I think that's partly totally. but I think that's partly because we're so far up north that uh mexico has a stronger hold here i suppose mm-hmm. um and especially like all the times i've visited los angeles like la is hugely latin american very specifically mexican and so i just have a lot more uh resonance with my mexican side as opposed to my chilean side uh mm-hmm. so i'm very excited about that i'm very excited to talk about the three caballeros and uh, and those and those segments because those are also very very fun segments. It's a longer movie and it does it does get very strange. It gets very strange visually. I um, love strange. Just with like how just just the choices they go with a- how they animate things. There's like at one point a silhouette sequence which is very very weird and colorful. But it's like it's during like a dance sequence as well. So you're like oh I can't okay. Wait. It's very I mean, fun. if I can handle pink elephants on parade and heffalumps and woozles, I think I can deal with whatever oh, this yeah, movie yeah, throws yeah. at me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm very excited for next week. Uh, me too. Yeah. On, on that note, I mean, like, it would have to be longer than Saludos Amigos because Saludos Amigos remains the shortest Disney feature. Yes. So. Yeah. At, again, 45 minutes, which I when I, fu- when I saw that. I was like, oh, dang. Like, that's. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I, that's really short. I started it this morning because I like watching it right before we um, record. So I have everything super fresh in my mind. And um, I wa- I started at 10 and I was like, I'll get off this and just. But I had so much time. I could I could have walked around the block. <laughs> I could have had a luxurious spa moment. Like, I would. Yeah. Wow. Short movie. A lot of impact, though. Yeah. That's the funny thing is that it's a short film, but there's a lot to it, which I think was very cool. I agree. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I dug it. Okay. Any last I highly thoughts? recommend it. Highly um, recommend it. That's my, that's that's my last thought is that I highly recommend Saludos Amigos. I very, very yeah. much do. 
I mean, if you're going to watch this or Dumbo, I'd watch this. Yeah. And also you get some very great musical sequences in it that are yeah. just very fun and upbeat. Because the samba mm-hmm. is just a very fun, upbeat style of music. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. I could keep talking all day, but... <laughs> Uh, follow us where you like following your podcasts. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Li- check out our show notes. And yeah, we'll what is our week. what's our uh, uh, the Instagram handle? Cast underscore Diz. And it is cast underscore Diz on Twitter as well. Please follow us on the socials. Uh, and yeah, do that thing. <laughs> and we'll get back to you about Three Caballeros and uh, which short next week? Do we know? Oh, yes. So the short next week that we are going to talk about uh, is uh, the first of the uh, propaganda films that Disney was hired to do. And uh, it is called... Oh, wait. Hold on. I forgot the name again. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Oh, uh, Der Fuhrer's uh, oh. Face. I the next one is Der Fuhrer's Face? That's the first one that we're going to do. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So if you're listening to this now, like, watch this movie. It's available on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's only like eight. It's an eight. It's just a, it's a cartoon short. It is it's eight, a like, eight trip. minutes long. It's a it, trip. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't even explain it. Go watch it. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.